Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Andrew Sheets, Chief Cross Asset Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bring you a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about trends across the global investment landscape and how we put those different ideas together. It's Friday, December 20th at 2 p.m. in London. 2019 has been a good year for investors in just about anything, with stocks, bonds, and real estate all up significantly. The story of that strength is likely to dominate the flurry of retrospectives that always happen around this time of year. As you read those, however, we'd suggest keeping in mind three things, important factors that give this year more context and also help thinking about the year ahead. The first thing to keep in mind is what drove these gains, especially for stocks. The level of the stock market is composed of the level of earnings and the multiple that the market is willing to pay for those profits. Over the long run, that valuation multiple is range-bound, meaning that the long-run performance of stocks is about the long-run performance of corporate profits, which tend to rise with the broader economy. But in the short run, the valuation multiple plays a much bigger role, and that's especially true this year. The big gains of 2019 are entirely about an increase in this valuation multiple. After all, since January 1st, corporate profits for the S&P 500 are roughly unchanged, and profits for U.S. small caps and non-U.S. stocks have fallen. Yet these markets are all higher because the market has decided to pay significantly more for this slightly smaller amount of earnings, in many cases, 20 to 30% more. Why does this matter? Well, history and common sense suggest that such a large jump in valuations is unusual and very difficult to repeat. In 2020, we think non-U.S. stocks will at least be able to show some improvement in profits that could drive modest single-digit returns. But for U.S. equities, my colleague Mike Wilson believes that profit trends will remain challenging, disappointing investors who paid up this year on the hopes of a 2020 rebound. A second important detail is that while 2019 was strong, it's better thought of as a year in three acts. The first act, from January to April, saw the majority of the year's gains as the Fed made a major shift in policy. The second act, from May through September, saw markets chop sideways as trade tensions escalated and global data weakened. The third act, from October to December, saw markets rally again as hopes for a trade deal flourished. Why does this matter? Well, Act 1 is a reminder that the best part of 2019 has been over for quite a while. With the Fed and European Central Bank expected to be on hold next year, we don't see a change in central bank expectations driving another such episode. Act 2 is an important reminder that economic and trade data do matter, and we're able to keep the market range-bound for the better part of five months this year. And Act 3 is important because we think it's been driven to a large extent by optimism on trade, and that this won't get worse. While that is our economist's base case, trade remains a very fluid situation. And the worse the trade developments get, the more the gains since October become vulnerable. Finally, a third important detail of 2019's strength is that it came on the back of a much weaker performance in 2018, when in that year, almost everything, stocks, bonds, and real estate, declined. That poor performance was driven by rising inflation, which pushed central banks to tighten policy. This year, those inflationary concerns went away, but for 2020, they need to be watched out for. With few investors expecting inflation to increase in a material way, its return could mean that the lessons of the much more difficult 2018 suddenly become relevant again. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more Thoughts in the Market. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.